Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I interview a friend of mine, Brian Beal, and he tells us about how he's been crushing it in age group this year, and how he went out to Tahoe and placed fourth place in the age group world championships. This cool guy, he's a southern redneck just like me. I always enjoy hanging out with him when I go to the races. So if you ever see him out there, go up to him and say what's up. Hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, what's up, Brian? What's going on, man? I ain't doing nothing. I'm taking an off week from World Championship. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good, man. I saw you went out there and you busted it out pretty good, man. Fourth place in your age group. That's pretty awesome. I appreciate it. Would have been third if I wouldn't have been a bitch on the sandbag, Gary. Oh, <laughs> that's cool, man. But, hey, you know, out there, Southern boy... Just like me, you know, out there in the elevation, man. What can you expect, you know? Yeah, you got that right. Was you feeling the elevation out there? Uh, honestly, my nose felt dry. And I probably sneezed more times in five days than I ever have in my life. Wow. But as far as the hard breathing, I didn't, I mean, it really didn't make a, you know what I'm saying? It felt just like running in Asheville, so I don't think it played that much of a part in it. Right. Huh. I've always worried about it because I ain't never been out there. I always wanted to go, but I always figured, you know, that elevation being that high up, it'd probably mess with your breathing a lot. Right. But if you was able to handle it and you're a southern boy, I should probably be able to do it too. Dude, I think our humidity on the east coast and the south is worse than their elevation. Oh, yeah? Oh, God, yeah. Like, I've, I've been to Charleston, Myrtle Beach and all that. Hell, even here in Charlotte, it's harder running in Charlotte. Than it was over there. If that course would have been down here, I think half the people probably would have died on the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely have some humid weather around here. Right. So, so Brian, let's back up a little bit, man, and and tell us, like, you know, what started your your fitness journey, man, and like how you got into Spartan races. We'll, we'll start off with, you know, like where you from and what you do for a living. Well, I'm from Stanley, North Carolina which is a small town, probably 40 minutes south of Charlotte. Right. Nobody ever heard of. Then, uh, I don't know, I was in gymnastics when I was probably 10 for a little bit, learned to do some flips, got out of that, started inline skating, got obsessed with going fast on those things, funnest shit I've ever done, probably. Yeah, I used to do that back in the day when it was real popular right there in the 90s, I guess. Yeah, I mean, pretty, yeah, exactly, because my older brother and sister got me into it, shit. I still wish I did it every single day, but, you know. Yeah. And I got into, uh, I was into BMX for a while. Believe it or not, I'm actually, well, I was a professional BMX rider because I made money doing it. But Wow. I met Sheila. She took me to Asheville for a Spartan race. I watched her do the super. And she was like, well, you want to run the sprint? Coming from somebody who's never ran more than a mile nonstop, I was like, sure, whatever. This looks like fun. Hmm. After that been 
nonstop kicking ass. The funnest shit I've ever done. Yeah, isn't it though? I mean, seriously, I live for it. <laughs> yeah, man, you've been killing it. So, like, how many podiums in age group have you gotten this year? It's a bunch, I know. Uh, I think I'm sitting at six first place podiums, two second place podiums, a fifth in North American Championships, and then fourth in the world. Wow, man, that's pretty epic. And what you're in the what eighteen to twenty four bracket, right? Yep, yep. Oh, that's sweet. Man, how old are you? I'm 24. Oh, so it'll be your last year in it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me, and yep. you, me and you both are moving to the next brackets next year. Except I'm moving to the 40 one. I'm a little bit older than you, man. Yeah, but you're moving to the hardest one, too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I got lucky getting podiums this year. I ain't going to get none <laughs> next year. Uh, it makes you feel any better. I'm looking at the same damn thing. No, man, you'll probably still be kicking ass, man. you got a really good fast pace going for you at all these races you've won. Man, I'm trying, but damn it, it man, it's the track runners that kill you. The oh, track yeah. and cross-country boys that can run 15 miles, yeah. we can't do that. Well, shoot, man, you got to think you just started running like a year ago, so, I mean, you've got room to grow, too. I mean, that's that, that's that's the that's the eventual goal, I guess. I'm trying to, I'm stuck between working on speed work you know, and endurance, because it's a hard mix to do. It, you, you know, it is. Endurance is boring as hell. And then speed work, nobody wants to run five miles at six minutes a mile. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> I kind of just go and run how I feel most of the time. <laughs> that's, that, the hell yeah, that's exactly what I do. I go up to Crowder's Mountain, put my watch on, and I'm like, all right, anywhere from seven to ten miles whatever i can do sometimes it's three to four miles depending on if i die in the first mile or not but mm. yeah i can feel you there man so tell us a little bit more about the tahoe race man so was that your first time going out west that far yeah that was actually my first time being on the west side of the country period yeah i ain't never been out there either farthest i've ever been is texas yeah same here and that was for a bmx race multiple years ago oh yeah but, uh, I mean, as far as Tahoe, man, I was expecting, I heard a lot of people say that the swim is no joke. So I was like, all right, that water is going to be cold. I go swimming in mountain water pretty often. Cold is cold, but holy shit. I mean, damn, that water's cold. Really? <laughs> it's. They I mean, said it was like 40s or something? Yeah, I think, I think when we got in, there was somebody there telling us, and they said it was about 38. Oh, my God. And That's... I'm like... You know, there's only one way you can do that is just, you know, I wasn't scared of it because one, you're, you've, you've came all this way to race. So you got a nutter for shut up. Yeah. And that was the only way to do it. I, I was probably halfway through that swim and I got a little bit of water in my throat. About had a fucking panic attack. <laughs> Cause I mean, like my worst fear is drowning. So I don't play that whole, I can't breathe shit. Yeah. <laughs> I had to stop. I had to chill. I had to slow down. I flipped over on my back, got me about three good breaths, and just kept on trucking. Right. But the swim itself was bad, but what was bad is after that, we actually had a wind advisory. Ooh. And there was there was gust, like, I mean, consistent gust, probably 25 to 30 miles an hour. And then was it, the bucket was right after. So that wasn't bad because you can't feel your fingertips anyway. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the bucket, you know, felt like normal. I stopped probably three or four times. It took me six minutes to do that. Then, 
oh, I messed up. I put my dry shirt on because I had a dry T-shirt and a Ziploc. I put that on and forgot about the dunk ball coming up. Oh, no. Dude, I got, you know, it was probably about a mile later. I hit the dunk wall, you know, with my shirt on, whatever. Oh, well, excuse me. The barbed wire was first. Barbed wire, dude, I've, I've crawled through some shit, but the wind and the dust was so bad. I literally did 90% of that shit with my eyes closed. I was blowing the dirt in your eyes? Dude, I was, I mean, you got to think, it's 30 miles an hour, and it's dry dust, too, and there was rocks. So Whoa. I would look, close my eyes, roll five times, look, close my eyes, roll five more <laughs> times. Dude, that shit was, God, that was a savage. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was almost unbearable. I, I truly, like, Sheila was at the top, you know, at the spear throw, and she was like, you doing all right? I told her, I said, She's got me on camera. I was like, dude, this is as cold as I've ever fucking been in my life. So it was colder than Char- than Charlotte on Sunday then? Oh, God. It made that, dude, it, I mean, it, seriously, that made it look like a three out of a ten, probably. Oh, my gosh. It was it was bad. Just that wind blowing all that cold air, water off of you, huh? Yeah. Well, and then they had the, the blow-up dunk wall. It wasn't a normal wood dunk wall. Right. So instead of going underwater for, like, you know, six inches you had to go underwater like a good three or four feet because the bottom of the wall was so wide wow no but, way dude, that shit was fucked because you know nobody <laughs> come and i was like holy shit so i'm over here feeling trying to get my head up yeah it was probably about four foot wide underneath it dang i bet some i bet a lot of people paused on that that just don't like to go underneath the dunk wall period yeah. well at least it yeah. was probably half clean water when you got there Man, no, it looked like, uh, what was it? I guess mulch water, really. Really? Like, it looked like freaking garden soil mulch is what the whole mud pit looked like. Now, that was, they did that interesting, though, because they had five pits instead of the normal three or four. Yeah. And they was super short and super steep. Like, there was no edging your way into them. They was only maybe five foot wide, probably five foot deep. But the water itself was only two or three feet. So that was about the only break you got when it came to the water. And right. when you went to the dunk wall, it was like, oh, shit, I'm over my head pretty quick. Oh, man. And then and then you got wet again on A-Panger, too. Yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't too bad. That was only up to your waist. Hmm. That one wasn't terrible. Right. So this trail they say it's not a it's more like they have you running on a lot of like roads more than just single track trails is that how it was yeah i'd probably say it was hey i don't know i might even go with i would say 50 50 probably right because i mean there was some single track but see coming from out on the east coast when we say single track trails we're talking asheville yeah on asheville single track trails you can't pass nobody unless you're just a little savage like ourselves. Right. And, and to the woods to pass people. You know, over yeah. here, the the mountains are freaking huge in the West. But the thing is, they don't have trees on them. Right. So it was like, their single track trail wasn't even really, to me, I didn't consider single track because every time I, you know, somebody wanted to pass me, I, they easily had room to go past. Oh, okay. So it was like uh it wasn't it wasn't as technical as i thought and it damn sure wasn't like asheville which is what i was hoping for right but you win some you lose some yeah because asheville definitely has some technical trails plus you know asheville's full of mud full of freaking i mean that whole damn race he was trying not to slip and fall the whole time yeah 
this race was completely dry, you know, besides the swim and all that. Right. But as far as weather-wise, it was completely dry. Everything was about 80% runnable. And then the technical downhill wasn't even, I mean, there was rocks, but there was more rocks in Palmerton than there was at Tahoe. So I was, I was kind of threw off by that, you know. Right. It was more force than what I expected. Hmm. So it was just one real long steep uphill and then another steep downhill, huh? It was, yeah, it was actually, uh, you had to first climb at like three miles. Then you had to swim and all that. Then you went downhill, did the obstacle gauntlet, which is a bunch of obstacles at the bottom. Yeah. And the second hill that you climbed was shorter in elevation, but the steepness of it, the average had to be probably 30%, Made up for it. Oh my God, dude. It was, yeah, that second hill, everybody, I got, I got lucky enough to get beside, uh, Oh, Kevin Giolotti, I mean, him grinded that hill out. You know, we was pushing each other back and forth. Right. But that shit, it was terrible. <laughs> now, they they staggered the age group heats there, too. So, what, what age groups went out with you? Was it just yours, or was it multiple age groups? No, we had, uh, I think they had 40, 49, then they did 30, 39, and then we ended up getting 14, 17, 18, 24, hell, and 25, 29, all in one heat. Uh, there wasn't, I don't know what the deal was, but I think my group literally had 23 people in it. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I was looking on Chrono Track, and it looked like a lot of the heats were kind of smaller. But, you know, it was so hard to qualify for Tahoe. I think that was their plan, was to have a smaller heats where they could really concentrate on, you know, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, well, I was about to say, the whole time, I was there as far as volunteer-wise. All the volunteers were watching like a damn hawk. Like, you know, because I like to go serious, to Olympus. Right. And there was even a volunteer that came over there specifically to watch me do it by myself. So I was like, you know, I thought that was a pretty good deal. Not yeah. let people cheat and shit. Well, that's good but, they took it serious. You know, they need to, it being world championships too. And some guy got busted for a... Uh, Oh, he dropped the tire, right? Well, or, you know, another guy had the tire, and he walked up, and he took the tire from the dude. Like, he flipped it, and the kid caught it. He lowered it and flipped it both times, but the thing is, you're supposed yeah, to Yeah, you can't do that. And I was, because the guy was telling me, I was like, well, that's not illegal to do it after he does it. He was like, no, he handed it to him. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that ain't cool. I heard there was somebody that did that at West Virginia, too. Yeah, I didn't even, which I, I didn't know it was illegal, but I didn't think people thought of that either. <laughs> yeah, as, now that you're talking about the tire, how hard was it to get your fingers under it right there on the pavement? It looked like, you know, all the top elites were having trouble getting it off the ground. I know the way I did it. I forgot who I talked to in the last couple of races. Hell, it might have been you that told me this, to grab the middle of it and pull it up on your toes. Yeah. Well, I've never tried that, and for good reason, because it hurts like hell. Right. But it took me a good... It probably took me about 15 or 20 seconds. I had to get one pull, set it on my right foot, you know, whichever foot I could get under. Yeah. Which, you know, then I realized how much 400 pounds felt like on your toes. So I was like, all right. <laughs> I had to pull it one more time to even the distribution, get it on both my toes, and then flip it. But, uh, I mean, as far as just lifting it up off a of pavement, unless you did that technique, I don't know how the hell they did it. Because I even tried lifting it from the grooves. And I still, I mean, I'd get it a centimeter off, but I couldn't get it under there enough to get my yeah. hands up. Yeah, especially because your hands were possibly wet, because I saw that uh, Ape Hanger was close to right before that, wasn't it? 
Yeah, literally probably. Shit, you didn't run about 50 feet in between them. Mm. Did you get your hands wet? No, no, no. Not if you... I mean, you, you do, but not like soaked. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yes. Your palms got wet, but if you would have failed the obstacle, then yeah, you'd have got them right real quick. Yeah, and the live feed, you know, Killian, he he had uh, he finally got it up, but it took him a little while. He lost a lot of his lead uh, right. right there, m- messing with that tire. But huh. uh, I didn't even know Killian was leading it. <laughs> yeah, he was it, it up. Well, he was he led it. Uh, I don't know when he lost the lead, but he was killing it until he got to the tire. And I know he lost a good minute, and oh, then man. and then John Albin he come in there, and uh, they even I I'd, I'd have to go back and watch it, but I remember them saying it didn't look like he when he flipped it over the first time it didn't look like he lowered it all the way down to the ground, and they're saying that you know, but right. they didn't do nothing to him about it. So, hey, I heard uh, one guy say he was uh. He about lost it at the double sandbag. I don't know how true that is, but he said he was in like fifth. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said he was leading up to the double sandbag. Who, Killian? No, uh, Albon. Albon? And he said, he said he got to the double sandbag. He said he just lost it and sat there for about two minutes. I was like, holy shit. Wow. I'm like, I ain't got time like that to spare. <laughs> <laughs> how hard was the double sandbag? Was it pretty tough? I don't know if, okay, well. Was it harder than Palmerton? Uh, okay, the, the the course itself set up, not the whole course, but the, the double sandbag portion of it was not as steep as Palmerton, and I don't think it was near as long as Palmerton either. Right. The thing is, when I got to Palmerton, when I was running an age group, they gave me the option of which bags I wanted to use, so I grabbed two green ones. That way I could farmers carry, put them on my shoulders, whatever. Right. This course, they did not do that. You had to get one long, normal one, and then a 60-pound pancake. Right. That being said, I don't know if I was already cold, which, you know, I was freezing to death, whatever. Yeah. It took me nine minutes, literally nine minutes and some change, to get through that sandbag. Wow. So I was like, I, I by far, Sheila's got a video of me freaking just dying. I'd, take, <laughs> I'd put it down, take 10 foot, put it down. Because I mean I don't I don't know what it was I, I guess it was just you know having those two different weights or you know the two different type of bags but that was I, I say Palmerton's harder. Well, see when I when I got to the double sandbag in Palmerton they were like you take one green one or the burlap bag and you had to take one ruck bag you know and I threw the ruck bag over my shoulders and then just right. toted the other one like a bucket. See, that's how I, I tried. Actually, that is uh, now I tried to throw it over both my shoulders. Like I would take the long bag and you know throw it and leave it without touching it. Yeah. Hell, I didn't make it 15 feet till I felt like it was cutting my damn neck off. So I was like, all right, we're gonna stick it on one shoulder like I do normally, and then carry the other one like a bucket. Yeah. Like see, I I'm like you in in that perspective. Like if you take that bag, because a lot of times when you go and pick up that ruck bag, it's like. All the weights, all the way at the end of the bag, you know, so it's like two big balls in that sack, you know. Uh, My buddy Michael, he uh, told me this tip, and I mean, it takes a little extra time, of course, but if you take that bag and you jog that sand in it to kind of get it evenly all the way across it and then set it on your shoulders 
it's a lot more comfortable. That way it ain't coming around your neck all the way. I was about to say, that has to be way better. It, it helps a lot, but still, you know, when we was at Killington, we had a pretty long uh, sandbag carry, and uh, I still would have to, I, I would do it like that until it just started getting into my neck too bad, and then I'd just kind of sling it over onto one shoulder a little bit. But it definitely helps because it's like you said, those, all that sand, it'll come all the way around your neck like a necklace and try to choke you out. Right. Hell, I think it would have been better, honestly. Well, not, I mean, it would have been easier if they would have just let us have two rug bags. Because, I mean, you know, if you got to carry them on your shoulder like that, if yep. I could have one on each shoulder, I bet you I could have beasted that shit out a little easier anyway. Yeah, one on each shoulder. But, but carrying that, that pancake in front, dude, it just... It threw everything out of whack. When we did uh, Lake Lanier in uh, Atlanta, which uh, they made us do a double ruck sandbag like that, and it was cool. But the first day, I one of them slipped off my shoulder, and, oh. man, it was all I could do to try to pick up that bag with another one on your shoulder. It, it was really tough. I ended up having to just tote it with my arms. I couldn't get it back on my shoulder. But, nice. but the next day... I saw somebody else do this, and I did it too. So the, when they're behind your shoulders, you would cross them to where they would kind of lay, one would lay over the other one, and that right. way it, it helped a lot with two rucks. That was, that was a hard sandbag, carrying two of those rucks, and they were brand new and just full, dude. That's what, uh, speaking of that shit, I had one up in a, the West Virginia race I had, the North American Championships, dude, I grabbed the most full sandbag I swear I've ever seen in my life. I think I did too, man. That was like the on the on the beast. I grabbed one of the heavy heaviest bags, and I was like, man, I ain't, I'm I'm going to try to pick a smaller one on the super. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, I mean that that one in West Virginia. I don't know if they just filled the middle of it up, but you know, I work out with one that weighs about the same as far, about sixty five pounds. I picked it up. I know things twenty five pounds heavier. Yeah. I don't know if they got rained on and they were just saturated, but you're right. On on that beast race, them bags were super heavy. Yeah, well, then we started, uh, I was looking at my times on Strava, which I've just now discovered I had on my phone. But, uh, yeah, man, I, it, it could have been a podium race, but I looked at my times on the heavy carries. The bucket was six minutes. And I think Ryan, what's a uh, Canadian? Atkins. I think he did it in about two and a half. Wow. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I was like, all right, that ain't too far. Dude, did you see that video with him on the team race when he no, was just sure. sprinting with both of those bags? It was insane. I didn't even understand. That's why I was like, all right, so obviously I got to work on my carries. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'd, I mean, I'd rather carry the bucket than carry the uh, sandbags, man. I just, oh, those sandbags just get into my shoulders so bad. Yeah. Well, that's like... Was a, I think it was Asheville had a good sandbag to where you could actually move with it. You know, like yes, it's been a minute since I've had a race with one sandbag. Probably been hell. I think Asheville was the last one. Yeah, that was but, an easy sandbag carry, except for that little hill where you bust your ass on it had the mud on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know. And then the sandbag, like I said, it took me nine minutes. So I figured between if I could have ran that sandbag like normal. Like, I think if I could have had it with more energy in me and then, you know, just ran that much faster on a couple of spots, I was like, it could have been podium. 
how far how far behind were you behind third place? Five minutes on the dot, I think. Oh wow, that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, where else you think you could have saved some time out? That's a pretty good. That's a good bit of time. Yeah, yeah, and on, I mean, honestly, I really think it came down. It's got to be. I mean, me and Sheila was talking. I think it's the sandbag, honestly. Yeah. I think. I think the sandbag itself, because my running, believe it or not, it felt pretty good. Right. On the way. I didn't start out like a bat out of hell like I do most races. I was trying to see where I would be at. Oh, I would have held back too, because that's a pretty that's it. Pretty much goes to a climb right off the bat. Oh yeah, I mean it's literally within the first quarter mile, you're ten percent probably. Yeah. But the only thing is. You know, Asheville is the first time I've won all over Rage Group both days. Or yeah. the first time I've won all over Rage Group both races, period. Yep. And the thing is, I took off like a bat out of hell. West Virginia, I tried to conserve myself because of the long distance. World Championships, try to conserve myself long distance. I think what it is is when I'm behind, I get I get in my own zone, and I'm not really caring where I'm at. I am, but I'm not. You know what right. I'm saying? So what I should have done... From now on, even if it's a damn ultra, <laughs> I'm just gonna start balls out because once I got the lead, it's hard to it's hard to beat me if I'm already winning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because the the mental edge is like I'm already doing this. I can hold this pace for all day long. I probably can't, but in your mind, as long as you think you can, chances are you're going to. So I've only gotten first place one time, and I, I, I will say it does give you a, a more adrenaline push to try to do better and run faster, where if you're a little bit further behind, you'll be like, man, I'm dying, you know? Right. It get your, your head will start messing with you pretty bad. You'll be like, man, I'm out of shape. <laughs> I mean, true. I mean, that's what you feel like. You know, it I didn't is. Know you're like, I these knew- guys are awesome. I'm not going to be able to catch them. I mean, it gets in your head. It really does. Because out of that heat, you know, I, I think in the first two miles, there was about 20 guys ahead of me. And, you know, I could see the leader of the heat. I didn't even know how old he was, you know, for X amount of time. But once I lost them 20 people, you know, it was just like it was, it was hard to get in the game, especially after that double sandbag. And then you don't know who you're, competitive, who you're competing against because you're catching other heats too, you know. Yep. And then, well, I will say, though, luckily, I was pretty proud after I looked this fact up. I, uh... As far as American-wise, I was second. <laughs> America. <laughs> so I was like, so I went from fifth in West Virginia to, you know, second in America. And I, cause in first, I think the first guy was from Estonia, and then the second guy was from, like, Spain or something. Yeah. But, shoot, man, I was looking, like, through all the age groups across the board, man, and I think a lot of foreigners come over here and stomped our asses because I didn't recognize, like, half of the names I was reading. I, I'm... I'm telling you, I'm thinking they did the same thing, especially because I think I knew. Now I didn't look at the 25-29 group, but I got two good friends, Anthony Don, I think is the name, and then uh, I got a guy named Big Blue, and they both. I don't know where Anthony came in, but I know he came in probably 10 minutes faster than I did. And Big Blue, he looks like a damn, like a little mini college linebacker, beat me by about five minutes. Yeah. And they're, you know, in the age group above mine. But I think everybody else, like you said, I think it was the foreign people who came over in groups, like big-ass groups. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, and, but, I mean, and 
that's cool to me because it just shows that there's other people in other countries that are taking this serious, you know, serious enough to fly to another country to actually, you know, you know, compete. I think that's awesome, you know. Especially, well, what I'm looking at is, uh, I know Spartan Race Italy and stuff, they don't even have heavy carries, I don't think. No way. Like, I, I think it was Giolotti that went over there and raced the race. He said zero heavy carries. He said they have stuff like balance beams or slack lines. He said, but everybody over there, when they're racing elite, they're all running like six-minute miles mid-race. Oh, wow. So I'm like, you know, them guys, if they train every carries, then they come over here. It's just, you know, it's hard to compete with that. Yeah, I ain't going to be able to hang with them running. Then, uh, what was it? A guy named uh, Miguel. I don't follow him on Instagram. Super cool dude. I ran into him mid-course. He said Spartan Morzine, their European championship, was like twice of our North American championship as far as heels. Wow. Like, he was like the climbs. He said, he said it's like a beast race with climbs, but there is no there's no flat. He said it's literally 80% up. <laughs> And then you finished about down where you started. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, Alyssa Hawley, I talked to her about that race, and she really liked that race. It looks cool, too. Oh, wait, she went to Morzine and did it? Uh-huh. Oh, that would be sick. In the championships. I, can't, I think she placed fourth, I think, if I remember right. Oh, shit. Yep. I'd like did to go do that Sparta trifecta weekend, but I ain't got the funds to do it. Oh, uh, that'd be sick. I ain't even got a passport. <laughs> No, me either. <laughs> Shoot, man, until I started, honest to God, until I started doing these Spartan races, I never, besides going to Washington, D.C. on a school trip, I never went outside of North, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. I never went out of those states until I started doing Spartan racing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I ever did was in a truck, and it wasn't, I wasn't stopping. Yeah. I mean, and it's like I, I mean, I owe all of my travels to Spartan Race, more or less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The same here. That's <laughs> like, uh, hell, did you see the, uh, I think it was a Spartan Morzine. I don't know if it was this year or last year. Man, their courses, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I love our courses over here in America. They're great. Yeah. But they had one, I seen videos of the one in Morzine. The water was running probably. Like, basically, like, you know, when it's flooded and you got a little, a creek that's just rushing like crazy. Yeah. They was then some bitches up the creek backwards. Yeah, and there was, like, a waterfall in some pictures, too. Yeah, I saw that, too. The waterfall with the, the vertical, and see, that's a real vertical net. That's yeah, it was. Getting messed up. And I, I'm like, and we got we to gotta step up our game because that water going backwards, that would, I mean, that would just be fun as hell to me. I mean, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> well, rumor, rumor has it is in the foreign countries, they can make the races a little tougher because over there, they don't have to worry about all the liabilities that they do in the U.S. You know, in the U.S., somebody will sue you because they got hot coffee at McDonald's. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. You know, so that that's the rumor. And, you know, and it, it kind of sucks, but, you know, what can you do? Right. I mean, I think they do pretty good. You know, I know they've had, you know, they had that one rope ladder obstacle where somebody fell off of it, and they only had it at one race, and, you know, he fell off and got hurt pretty bad, so. I've seen that video. That was pretty nasty. Yeah, it was pretty nasty, but. 
you know, they do pretty good over here, I think, for what they can do. I mean, like I said, I've never been to a foreign race either. But I know their rigs look really cool, too. Now, see, that's something I think we could step up. Like, I think the rigs, you know, they they, they posted that thing, you know, what's more obstacles you'd like to see. I mean, hell, even like uh, Tough Mudder Funky Monkey. That yeah. just looks like hell to have, you know, different different obstacles that people's not used to seeing. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think we could afford to do some of that. But. Yeah, yeah. Tough Mudder's known for having these big, grand obstacles, that's for sure. Now, granted, I will say, I, I, I know a couple of people who's random, and they say their courses are flat as hell and boring. Right. <laughs> they got flat courses, but you got fun obstacles. I was like, that's one thing I like about Spartan is the races like Palmerton, Asheville, yep. especially Greek Peak's probably my favorite. I'm definitely going back there next year. But What did you like about Greek Peak most? The cold weather? <laughs> The amount of, like, well, I ran a fun lap for Sheila because she didn't feel good. Right. But running competitive, I probably would have done, I, I see you not, probably three more fun laps just because there's so much snow. I mean, it's, it's the prettiest venue by far, I think. Wow. But the the hills, some of the hills are like 30%, but they wasn't very long. Yeah. So you have like, you know, 300 feet hills. But you could take one step and slide like, 50 feet at a time oh that's kind of cool though i mean dude it's it, i mean it's probably the most it's the most fun i've had in the spartan race because i didn't do nothing throw snowballs at people the whole time <laughs> did you bust so, your ass a lot too in the snow oh man the first thing that we did when i seen a hill i went to go run full speed ran and did a front flip ended up fucking hitting my head on a rock because <laughs> i did it way too like i, I mean I, I literally ran full speed and front flip downhill and just didn't, I mean, I, I mid-flip, I just didn't finish the flip. Hit my head on a rock that was like two foot under the snow and just kept on trucking. So I probably got hurt four or five times during that race, but it was fun. Oh, shoot, that's pretty cool. Speaking of flipping, that's like one of your signature moves coming over the fire jump, doing a little cheerleader flip, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> Have you ever, like, busted and not not completed it? <laughs> oh, yeah, hell yeah. Uh I think the second day in Charlotte, I knew, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's right. I had a I had a decent lead, and I was like, hell with it, I'm just going to swing it. And, you know, it had been raining all day. Oh, yeah, that place was a mud fest. Dude, the flip was high as hell. The rotation was good. I just hit my right foot first and just busted my ass, kept on rolling like it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, no, not too many. Did you flip at Tahoe when you finished that race? Hey, man, I, I wanted to, but I think I was actually trying to beat the girl that was beside me because she was in my age group. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, I was like, if it's close, I ain't flipping. I think the last one I did before that was a spring in West Virginia. And then, hell, I didn't flip at Asheville either. I've been slacking because people getting faster and getting close to me. I can't be having that. Yeah. I remember you killed it in Fayetteville, too. Sean, uh, man, that that's a race. I'm a... I'm a <sighs> You know, I'm not, I won't lie, I'm not big on that one, but I'm not big on flat courses either. Yeah, that was flat course. I didn't go this year, but I went last year. I remember seeing that video, you jumping clean across one of those uh, rolling oh, yeah. mud pits, and I was like, dang, this dude's bad. Dude, I was so freaked. That was after they messed up my spear throw, and I did 30 burpees for no reason. Yeah. Literally, the vi- the commentary in that video was cut off because I was cussing so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get disqualified for cussing out the official, but luckily we had a video. What happened at the spear throw? 
Um, you know how, okay, so I thought the rule was when you throw the spear, you have to be past the black flag at the course. Right. You know, in order to be clear. Actually, it's not. It's You have to be past the last spear throw. Oh. Well, so I threw it. It hits the final resting place of the spear. Well, final, when I seen it, it was off the ground. And I'm at the very last spear anyway. So I take off running. I'm approximately, if I had to say, 10 feet. Because I haven't been running for literally two strides, three strides tops. Right. The guy's like, oh, you got to come back. got to come back. You know, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't argue with him at the time, but I was cussing, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I started doing my burpees, cussing mid-burpee, of course. <laughs> of and course. was filming it, and Sheila just happens to have the film of the spear not being out until I was literally 10 feet past that flag. Mm. So, luckily, she said, don't worry, babe, I got you, you know, because this is after she followed me through the mud pit and the barbed wire and all that. Right. And he said, run your race, go ahead and catch up. So that by the end of the race, I actually finished third. Right. But it happens to be after I got through that, the volunteers had already left their station, which, you know, that don't make no sense because you're mid-race with competitive people coming through. So those two volunteers actually left the station, went to go complain, saying there was some girl out here bitching about the, you know, bitching about the rules. Right. <laughs> he walks in three seconds later. Hey, that's me. Here's a video. Here's what we got. Freaking, I ended up finishing first because they put my time back of the burpees, and I ended up winning by seven seconds. No way. Yeah, but here's the thing. I was counting the time. They did give me the time for the burpees, but they did not give me the time that was missed running 15 feet one direction and 15 feet back. Hey, man, so, I'm surprised that they did that, period, to be honest. What, dude, believe me, I am too. And I was like, and I even told her, I said, if it would have came up and I would have lost, if they would have given me X amount of time, I said I would have dealt with it. But the fact is, they did literally make me do 30 burpees, and we had it on video clear as day that that spear was stuck, and I was way past where I needed to be anyway. Right. So, so it's by you have to pass the last spear then, right? Yeah. The, the actual last hay bale that the spear goes in, that's the one you have to be passed in order to be considered clear. Right. Because I, I remember uh, Kevin Gelati posted on his Instagram that they actually, like, painted a mark where you had to go by in Tahoe or I something. I didn't even see it. But, yeah, he did. I remember him saying about that, and I didn't even look down for it. You must have made it. <laughs> no, I missed it. <laughs> you missed it? I'm, well, what's crazy is I missed it. But the day before I went up there, I was, like, one of probably almost nobody who got to go up there and practice the spear throw because people didn't know you could. If you right. were crazy money and elite you could not but oh. practice i hit probably 12 of them in a row and then i got up there freaking saturday i guess because the i mean the wind was blowing but that ain't no excuse i just missed the damn spear i reckon right well that's where you missed your podium was right there man screw the sandbag you missed it on the spear dude well i mean that too but hell even <laughs> I, uh, you know it wouldn't save me three minutes i needed those other two anyway if you'd have made that spear, man, you'd have had more gas, and then the extra two and a half, two minutes you did doing the burpees, man, you, you'd have had it. You'd have had it. Yeah. Because, man, you get you can't say when you finish 30 burpees, you get up and start sprinting the same speed you was coming into the spear throw. Right. Heck no. Dude, and it was like, it was like sand burpees. So, the, the you know, you're doing them, and you got the 
guy's feet in front of you, damn near hit kicking you in the head. You got wind <laughs> 30 miles an hour. I mean, it's, shit was just, I mean, it was a brutal race, but I mean, it, it was, it was fun. It was, I mean, it wasn't my favorite venue, but it was definitely badass for sure. Oh man, that's cool. So you are so Greek Peak. You already said was was your favorite race of the year, right? Uh, yeah. It, it was it was the most fun I've had. I think Asheville was probably my favorite. Yeah, Asheville was a good time. Just just because those those races back to back are just super fun, and you know all the local people comes out there. So yeah, that's right. That is your local town. Yeah, close to much. there. Well, dude. Uh, so. I, you know, I usually always ask people, you know, the same questions just because I like to hear their answers. So, right. and so you, you said, so Asheville is your favorite race. So why would it, would you say that's your favorite race? I think Asheville has more terrain issues. And I say issues, I mean that in a good way. Yep. It challenges people that, that can normally run six minute miles. And people that run flat, people that run on tracks, whatever. I think it's got more overall elements than any Spartan race that I've done so far. Yes. Well, there's a lot of technical running there. And uh, if you're scared to run technical, you know, it'll get you. And that's like... Especially in that creek. Dude, I I mean, that's, that's my thing. I think Spartan race in general should be hard should be crazy should be you know not it it shouldn't be made only for runners you know it should be made to challenge everybody on every level i think Asheville, you know there's you know there's probably one or two runnable miles coming down the mountain yeah and then but the majority of it you know it's it's constant it's mud it's you got a nice creek you have plenty of water crossings you got the heavy carries you know in the mud which just makes it more fun but yeah, I've been there every year, and I think the first year was the only year I was there, and it wasn't just raining or just had moisture on everything. And not to mention, you know, that's the first place I ever raced. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, you got to take it back to the original one, man. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, what race would you say was your worst race, or the wor- the race you hated the most? Oh yeah, that one's easy. West Virginia. <laughs> West Virginia? West Virginia. Which one? Which race? The Beast. Yeah, because you placed on the Sprint and the uh, Super, didn't you? Yep, I got back-to-back second places on those. That's awesome, man. And then the the Beast, it was just, I was expecting something. I was expecting a venue like Asheville. Yeah. Like, I, I was expecting 13 miles of thick woods, and it turns out it wasn't even close to that. No, there, I mean, and, and there was some at West Virginia, but there was a lot of runnable gravel, gravel roads there. Right. And see, I mean, I love the venue. The venue's beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. For somebody who doesn't run on flat ground 24-7, you know, that was like a holy shit. This is like a, that was more like a, like, kind of like a damn running race. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it was 80% running. Now, granted, I know that, you know, the, the heavy carries definitely slowed some people down because those wasn't easy at that race either. Yeah, there was but, a couple of climbs, but, I mean, a couple of few climbs, but I want to say the climbs were worse last year. Oh, really? See, I didn't run it last year. I wouldn't know. 
I mean, we still ended up getting about the same amount of gain both years, but as far as from a climbing point, it just seemed like I felt more dead at that race last year than I did this year. But, right. man, both both years, both beast races, I, I come close to calf cramping on both ones and had to slow down and play with my stride to make sure I didn't let it blow out on me. So that was one what I hated about that race. I was, that's the, believe it or not, that's the first time I've ever, I mean, I ran track in middle school. You know, I did a 100, 200 high jump. Yeah. And I have never had a calf cramp in a Spartan race until West Virginia. <laughs> really? Went on I the made, beast? I'm, yep. I made it to me about too. a mile and just shot me some pickle juice. It probably went away within five minutes. And then it ended up cramping about the last two miles, and I just had to fight and keep rolling because I knew I was going to lose time. You know, messing with the bag and all that shit. Right. Hmm. That race, man, was just too much flat for my liking. It wasn't terrain-wise. I mean, those hills, man, normally, like, you know, Asheville, I proved I can climb some hills in a heartbeat. Yeah. The thing is, I have to have hills from the start line, and I I just have to go from there. Yeah. Freaking running those six miles and then going uphill, my legs are like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. So, um, all right, man. So what is like your race ritual? Like, what do you do like the night before a race, the morning before the race, and like after the race, if you're going to race on Sunday? Uh, all right, let's see. My, normally, I won't lie. We just kind of wing it. But yeah. I will say the most common thing I do before a race, no shit. If I, if I got a big race on Saturday, we'll go out Friday night, we'll go out to Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll get a bunch of local people out there. You know, you, Jay Floyd, Terry, all our good friends. Sit around and bullshit for a while. Try to go to sleep. I mean, seriously, I try to sleep at least seven hours. Yeah. I never, I sleep five hours before every race because I'm so excited to get up and go running. It's yeah, awesome. it's hard to sleep before a race. I, I mean, it just pumps me up like I'm ready to roll in, you know. Um, Saturday morning. I already have my shit all laid out. I don't run a hot, with a hydration pack almost ever. Right. But if I have one, all that shit's packed and ready to go. Same thing as normal. Get up, blast some heavy metal, Metallica, Kiss, you know, whatever I'm in the mood for. Hell yeah. And just, you know, hang out at the venue until I get ready to roll and then, you know, bullshit with some people. So what or, you, like, what are you eating for breakfast, man? Just whatever? Or? Dude, I mean... I think literally the last time, the last time I raced, I actually recorded what I ate. I had like half a monster. <laughs> uh, I see, you know, half a monster. Had two pop tarts, and I think I had a like half of a protein bar. Right. But I'm one of those people that run on like almost nothing to eat, and people's like, "Well, that messes with your thing." Well. I don't think it does, because, I mean, in Asheville, I swear to God, I literally had a monster and a hot weenie on both days. <laughs> and I came out swinging. And it's just like, I can't run with much on my stomach. That's why I don't eat anything. Yeah. I don't like protein shakes, you know. Yeah, a lot of people do that, though. I mean, it's just a lot of, you know, even a freaking, I mean, a lot of people eat apples before. And I'm like, yep, not Dude, me. I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, it's not my style. Um, and then honestly, Sunday race wise, like, a lot of people do recovery ice baths. I've never tried it. I think I've done, I think I ran some really, really cold water in West Virginia. Right. Like, yep. And then 
I didn't have no ice on me, but I sat in there for about, you know, 20 minutes. I don't know if it does any good because I didn't really have the ice bath experience. Yeah. But I just take a goodies back and body. Next thing you know, I'm feeling great. I hear you. I hear you. So, man, you got any products you swear by, man? Uh, products I swear by. Let's see. Honestly, I'd probably have to say Saucony shoes. I, I have yet. I've slipped and busted my ass like good, like really like feet above my head ass. <laughs> in, in Asheville one time wearing my Saucony uh, Paragene 7s. Yeah. I, I, they're just simply unbeatable, I think. I mean, the damn things don't slip on anything for nothing. <laughs> you know, and they race. Hell, I've raced probably eight races in these shoes, and I still got probably three or four races to go in them. Oh, cool. And then, I mean, hell, that's about it. I, I do a lot of... I've recently got on the 2XU game. I'm pretty big on them. They're expensive, but they're the only pants I feel that don't hold water. So when I hit water, they repel, and I'm good. Right, like, but... but Bes- okay, but besides that, I mean, do you think they're really worth it, though? It de- uh, let's see. If you're buying... I, I mean, I don't know. I would say if you buy one pair of them, yeah. If you buy two pair of them, yeah. Right. But, I mean, they are super thin, and they real... They, you know, they're just like every other pants. They're going to rip on barbed wire. Pants. Exactly. That's what... I mean, that's just... It's so hard to drop that cash on something you know is going to get a hole in it at some point. That's like, I think I bought the ones I have right now for $100. First pair ever. Made it through West Virginia. Made it through World Championships. But the seam ripped. Oh, so no. I'm trying to figure out. I just sent him a picture yesterday saying, hey, is this warranted? Blah, blah, blah. They and might warranty it. That would be cool if they did. I was, I was about to say, if they got good customer service, because like I said, I'm still going to race in them anyway. But if they decide to send me another $120 pair of pants for free, I'll call it good. But if not, it's like, all right, tough shit. I'll go on to the next pair, and I'll, you know, wear these till they fall off. Mm-hmm. They, they do all right. Cool. So, man, what's your favorite obstacle, and what's your obstacle you hate the most? Oh, favorite obstacle's hard. I used to say Twister because it would slow down the fast runners. <laughs> yeah. Now all the fast runners have figured that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> so it ain't doing me no good. I'm going to have to say... I would say favorite the multi-rig because, I mean, you can put any multi-rig in front of me and I could probably play on it all day long and not get bored. Yeah. The, the, the multi-rig ropes, is a fun obstacle. I enjoy it, too. I mean, it's just the more ropes, the more bars, the more rings. I, I think they should make it damn 15 sections longer and have a 30-foot multi-rig, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I wish they would, but it ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, so that would be the favorite. Uh Hell, least favorite's hard. I really don't. I mean, least favorite obstacle. I ain't gonna say the spear because the spear, man. When you when you when you miss it, it's like whatever. You know, you kind of expect. It's, it's that's the obstacle you love and hate. Exactly. You, you love it when you make it. You hate better. it when you miss it. It's so fucking yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, other than that, well. I don't know. I think that, believe it or not, I think the rope would probably be my least favorite. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I mean, it's 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 a challenge when it's wet, and, you know, oh, well, excuse me, it's a challenge when it's muddy, not necessarily when it's wet. But it's, it's kind of, it's not an option. I mean, okay, not to sound cocky, but if you can do <laughs> it, really, then it ain't an obstacle. Well, so, see, I don't, 
I don't have an issue with the rope climb. I mean, it, it's it, it can be hard when it's muddy, like you said. I just feel like I'm slow at it. That's my problem. I just feel like I'm slow at it, you know. Right, right. I just think, I don't know, I think they should put it more of, I can't say higher. I, or uh, I think, I'm not sure because I'm a Spartan raised virgin, you know. It but I used to be. Have, well, yeah. But I think they used to have them in the water. They did. Now, see, that would be, I would like to see that brought back. That would fuck with some people. That would fuck with me even, so. Yeah. <laughs> It used you know, that, to, it used to, you would wade down in some water that was like waist deep, and then you would start it, and then it was still at least as high as it is now on top of the water. Oh no! See, that's savage. That sounds fun. Yeah, it 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 was it was fun, and it definitely made it uh, a little more challenging too. But then they had, uh they had regular ropes, and then they had ropes where it had a knot, like about every two foot on some of them to help some people right. i want to say i wasn't running elite then but i think elites couldn't use the ropes with the knots then i might be wrong but i don't think they could yeah that sounds right yeah but uh well shoot man uh i know that i saw a post where you're gonna go to uh spartanburg and do the ultra there right i am indeed yes i'll be there too i'm sure you'll catch up with me if my heat starts in front of you well, we're, I mean, I'm debating right now. She's, she was signed me up for age group, and I'm like, all right, that's what I run anyway. But I think she's going to run with uh, Alan Childs. I'm just debating on whether I really want to go run six hours as fast as I can. But, you know, the competitive edge, once I get there, is going to kick in. Right. So you know, I was debating on just running with her, chilling. But right. honestly, I haven't, I haven't ran an ultra before, and, I, and I'm still in this age group. Yeah. So I figured I might as well go ahead and knock one out. <laughs> man, y'all go for it, man. Try it. I mean, it's going to be a different type of ultra for me because it's because most of the ultras, except for Dallas and Spartanburg, those are flat ultras. Most ultras, you're going to, I mean, you call it a break, but it, you're getting a break from running because you're hiking up a hill, you know? Yeah. And so... That's what's going to make this ultra harder because I'm not a dude that goes out and runs 30 miles on a trail every day, you know, or every other weekend. So I'm thinking that if I go and try to run this all the way through it, I'm going to start hurting because I'm not getting those breaks where you're walking up steep hills. So that's... That's the exciting element to me about this ultra coming up. That's yeah, I'm pretty excited myself because I I had a 30 miler planned for next weekend actually, but I got my son and I would rather see him than go running trails for four hours. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And then I was like, you know, shit, I'd rather see your son too than go <laughs> on a trail for four hours. <laughs> and I've never met him. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I think, yeah, that, that's that's a big thing. I ain't never ran, I've never ran anything over, you know, a beast distance. Is the, you know, I ran a half marathon. Yeah. But, you know, competitively in trails. But as far as, like, you know, anything above that, mile-wise, I'll go out here, you know, I'm taking this week off. I've actually started lifting again, which God knows hurts so bad. I can't even stand it. Right. Like, I haven't lifted since June, and I would say it's probably the biggest regret I've ever had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
my body hurts so freaking bad from two days of lifting. I don't even remember what it feels like. Now I just rather go run all day. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's, and coming from me, that's like, holy shit. Yeah, well, but, you got to think, man. I mean, it's 90% a run and race pretty much. Exactly. And, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm losing weight, which whatever, that don't matter. But, I'm, I, you know, I'm stepping back into the lift, and, and I figured coming into the ultra, I think we got about, what, two months left? Yeah. I'm going to try to make my average run. You know, about a month three, and a half. <laughs> it's got to be like three, I'm going to say three to four runs are going to be eight to ten miles at a time. Yeah. And I, I figure hopefully if I can knock out ten miles. You'll be good. Then coming into an ultra, I should be all right. You've but, got that. You've got the mental game to finish, and you know it's all a mental game. You know, because well, you, you get to that halfway point. Some people, you know, the half glass empty people are like, "Oh, I can't believe I got to do that again." But you'll probably be like me and be like, "Okay, I'm halfway done. I already know what I got to do one more time." Exactly, and, and I mean. Did you now? Did you you said you ran that one in Killington, right? Yeah. Now, did you finish that? Heck yeah, I finished that. Dude, I heard somebody say like the finished percentage of the ultra was like eighteen percent of people who signed up actually finished the course. No, I think it was more than that. I, I I thought somebody I thought it was like somebody said that I think it was close to a thousand signed up and three hundred and fifty finished. Oh God, still, but that's savage. Yeah. Damn, I mean, it was it was like 30, 30 to forty percent, I think, finished it. But it was the last five miles of that race were soul crushing, and it was fresh on your mind when you went into transition. All the heavy carries were at the end. the yes. The longest climb was at the end, and the bucket was the worst carry. And it was like, you know, a half a mile from the finish line. So I mean, it was you walked into that drop bin area, and it was. You know, you it was, you know, I got to go do all that shit again, and that's going to be hard, you know. So I think that, that was, that's what got to a lot of people there, you know. Yes. Well, man, I, I like I said, man, I did New Jersey. It was at a ski resort, and it had probably a few thousand feet less elevation. But, man, I did, I did it three hours quicker. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. It took me eight and a half hours to do New Jersey, and it took me 11 hours and 10 minutes to do Gillington, dude. 11 hours and 10 minutes on a course? Yeah. Holy shit. Hell, my buddy Michael, you know Michael, it took him 14 and a half almost. Oh, that is savage as hell. Yeah, he made the last, he was in front of the last cutoff by 25 minutes. Hell, that's good for him, then. Yeah. Shit. I think the last place was 15 hours and 15 minutes. Without being cut off? Without being cut off, yeah. Gosh. Man, Killington was no joke, bro. Damn, see, we're, I think that's what we're going to focus on next year. You know, we're going to try to do all the local races we can around here. Yeah, me too. But we definitely want to go to Killington because we ain't ever been. Definitely want to go to Vermont. I'm big on Colorado. Man, I want to go to Colorado not so bad because it looks so crazy. It does. That That's the one I think I'm going to try to go to next year's Breckenridge, maybe. Yeah, there you go. And, Mon- man, Montana looks freaking... I heard yeah, it they're does. That's an expensive trip for Southern boys, though. Yeah, you ain't lying. And we can't drive that long either. Yeah, make sure you get your pass this year, too, so you ain't breaking the bank paying for all these races. 
That's the goal. Hell, I need somebody to pay for one. I'll be all right. Yeah. Well, they got them out now. Yeah. <laughs> I already bought mine. Yeah, I should be right behind you. We'll be getting them soon, if not in the next two weeks, probably. Well, they're a little cheaper this year because last year you had open pass and then it was elite and age group pass. It was the same pass. This year they got three different ones. They got open, they got age group, and then they got elite. And, yeah, so uh, dollars on age group. Yeah, I got the age group and I had a hundred dollar off coupon and it was seven seventy two. You know. Oh hell, I ain't that bad. No, not compared to last year. It was eleven hundred dollars. Right. For elite, you know. And we run, you know, all the damn time. So. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they're going to make any changes to the age group this year. I wonder if they might break all the ages up into five, five-year oh, that... age groups. Huh. Because yeah. I know that was one big complaint that a lot of people had. You know, but if they do that, man, the start waves are going to get. I guess I could still send the, the even though it's split up into five-year age groups, they could still send, you know, 10 years of age groups out at a time. I mean, I don't think that would be a big issue. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. So what? So what's your plans for uh, the rest of this year? What races you got? Uh, I think so far we're looking at the Carolina Ultra on Saturday. Turn around and do the Beast on Sunday. Me too. Florida Beast. In December, damn, is it December? It might yeah. be November. No, it's December. December the seventh, I think. We'll be there. That's gonna be cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, last year it was you could run with your shirt off on Saturday, and then on Sunday it was cold as hell. Yeah. I was about to say Sunday, I actually wore a shirt in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were there too. Um. Yeah. But what was crazy is I looked at the weather the weekend before that. It was eighty-five degrees down there the weekend before. That's welcome to the south right there. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 Florida and South Georgia weather for sure. One weekend it's 80, the next weekend it's 40. Yeah. Well, shoot, Brian, man, I don't want to hold up any more of your time, man. Uh, uh, what's your, uh, you want to tell people your Instagram so they can follow you and see some of these cool videos you're making on there? Of course. My Instagram is at ponytails underscore wins underscore races that's actually mine and my girlfriend's instagram she's at scorpio spartan i'm at rebel trucker 94 cool it's nice to have somebody on the podcast that's got a southern accent like me dude i I think people in california couldn't understand me but yeah (laughs) oh every time i go to a northern race everybody says you must be from the south where are you from i could tell you're from the south i mean i get it everywhere I had two guys over at the uh, Rock Climbing Center. They, where are you from? East Tennessee. I said, Charlotte. They was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, they, could, they, they swore up and down. They knew me. I was like, nah, man. I'm North Carolina boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, Brian. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, man. Anything you want to add? Nah, man, that's it. All right, brother. We'll see you in Spartanburg, man. All right, man. Sounds good. Later. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Brian again for taking the time out of his day to talk to us. Um, I feel like such a jerk because I forgot to ask him because Sunday after the race, he proposed to his girlfriend, Sheila, that he mentioned a couple of times 
during the interview. And I, the whole time I was talking to him, I was like, there's something I'm, I'm supposed to ask him. There's something I'm supposed to ask him. And I just, I don't know why it slipped my mind. But anyway, congratulations to Sheila and Brian for getting engaged. And sorry, I dropped the ball there. Anyway, my next race will be uh, the Atlanta Spartan Sprint and Super Weekend. Uh, come up to me and say what's up if you see me there. Always love hearing some feedback. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave a review. I'll read it on here. You know how it goes. If you don't like the show, just tell me. We'll see you at the next race. Peace.